celebrating Veterans Day today, which is really tomorrow, but school and municipalities and everything is closed, banks and everything. But I'm working. We're here. Love Babs, Love Talk on 103.5 FM WNHH. We up in this piece. <laughs> and my guest today, my one of my favorite people on the planet, Tanya Poole Hughes. From uh, She's executive director Correct. of the Commission on Human Rights and Opportunities. And, opportunities. and so we're going to be talking about sexual harassment yes. in the workplace. Absolutely. And because uh, it's all over the media. It absolutely is. Good morning, Miss Tanya. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Oh, I love having you. We were just talking when I came in. Thanks, Harry, for coming in on the <laughs> I owe Harry a day off. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> um, thanks for coming in, Harry. I appreciate it. So uh, um, Tanya and I had this conversation briefly like a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago, 
about sexual harassment. And this was this was just at the beginning of that whole Weinstein Correct. and all these people coming out. The tip of the iceberg. And now everybody is just <sighs> coming out of the woodwork. And what I find interesting about this, Tanya, is that uh, people are talking about they, I, people are talking about um, the reasons why people don't tell. And we're seeing why people don't tell. Exactly. Because people are empowered to do your professional career in if you open your mouth. I mean, there are a myriad of reasons why people don't tell. People don't tell because, first of all, they're so shocked by the incident that initially they're like, what is happening to me and what did I do to invite this behavior, especially in the workplace? Yes, you know, I was speaking with a young woman um, last night, the Young Professionals Group at the Urban League. Oh, I Hartford. saw the pictures on Facebook. Yes. Nice. And the young lady, very poised, very dignified, very professional, tells me that someone in her workplace says to her, how often do you reapply lotion to your legs? What could be more inappropriate than that? What's it to you? (laughs) Exactly. And why would you think that was an appropriate comment? And then you and if you're working someplace, you have to think about how you have to respond. How do you respond to that without being overly aggressive, (laughs) without being um, pegged as the angry black woman? You know, and that's very real. That's very real. You know, we can't be assertive. For ourselves without being put into a certain box. Yes. And so we have to always be two steps ahead. You know, you have to ward off those kind of comments by kind of protecting yourself with a veil of unapproachability, Mm -hmm. which can oftentimes prevent you from being able to move up the ladder. Wow. You know, because people are thinking, well, she's not a team player. She's not going to be willing to go along with the group. We've got, you know, easy working group here. And this is just locker room talk. And, you know, why would she be so sensitive about it? Wow. And you hit the nail on the head. I have friends. I have male friends um, who do not do happy hour with their coworkers. Or if they do happy hour, they don't drink. Exactly. They just have water with a little lemon in it. Exactly. Seriously. And and I said, well, why? He's like, because I, I don't trust any of these situations. We can't let our guards down. But you can't not do the happy hour. Right. Because a lot of work goes it's on, on. <laughs> after hours. Yes. And so if you're not in the room, you're not a part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very good technique to use to participate, but not fully. So talk a little bit, Tanya, about this notion of you know, this is what you have to expect in the work. If you're going to play at this level, you have to expect some kind of whatever. Because it has become so normalized in our society for generations and generations and generations, which is why we're seeing so much of it in the news now. And I'm so happy that it's coming out mm-hmm. because people haven't feel com- felt comfortable about stating what has happened to them because they don't want to be labeled as one, a victim or two, the angry black woman, or it's just very dehumanizing to be put in that situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so what was your question again? Well, just, just how um, you, you said it, normalizing the belief that you have to accept this kind of behavior and treatment towards your person Correct. So that you could stay in whatever the genre of work that you do, stay in it. 
And it has been normalized for so long that it infiltrates every segment of society. It's not just happening to women. It's happening to men. I know young men who are approached in inappropriate ways at work just as frequently as women. Wow. And they have to protect themselves as well by not participating. I mean, things that women do to men are just as egregious. I have a young man who told me just yesterday that at his job, the women on dress down day, one day he wore a T-shirt and you could see some of his tat coming through. And they wanted to know, are you tatted all over your body? Why don't you take off that shirt and let us see? These are things that just aren't acceptable. And if it was a man saying that to a woman, people would have been outraged. Mm -hmm. But because it was a woman saying it to a young man who was very attractive, all of a sudden it's acceptable. And that's not acceptable. So do you think um, that in these places where people work, do you think businesses, corporations, whatever... Do you think that they just pay lip service to sexual harassment? Do you think that they do all that they can to sort of? I think that there's a change in the tide. I think people are being more um, determined about making certain that they give people orientation on what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're doing much more diversity training, sexual harassment training. We provide training, as a matter of fact, through our business institute at CHRO. We provide training to a lot of businesses on sexual harassment in the workplace, as well as diversity training, because people don't always know what's appropriate. You have a lot of different cultural nuances. You have certain people that just have many more sensibilities than others. And so some people just assume, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. But you can never gauge how someone is going to receive something. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that we always conduct ourselves in a professional manner and keep the personal out of it, especially in the workplace. Now, you know, last Friday we had a conversation on the pundits, the pundits roundtable that we do here. Mm -hmm. And Paul brought up the the point about um, do you ever is there ever opportunity for you Is dating someone at work or someone asking you out inappropriate at work? And I said, um, it's only inappropriate. Well, it could be inappropriate if you say no and that person pursues Pursues. you. Because we have this whole romantic fantasy that's, you know, if she says no, keep pursuing her, win her, woo her. Right. Until she says yes, but that's really harassment. And the art of (laughs) pursuit is a thin line. I mean... Pursuing can be continuous as long as it's not offensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you continue to ask someone out, you know, um, I'm going to the movies. Would you like to join me to the movies? No, thank you. Then next week uh, I have a play coming up. Would you like to go? That's not offensive. I don't think I think when it crosses the line of touching Mm -hmm. and kissing and things like that, where you're making someone uncomfortable, that's when it becomes harassment. And so what I like to advise the young people new to the workforce to do is to speak up on the first incident. No, I'm not interested. Please don't, you know, ask again. That way you've let your feelings be known. And anything that comes after that does start to encroach upon sexual harassment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, because I see this with people. And we were talking about this with um, levels of positions of power. Like if your boss asks you out. That's not appropriate. 
because now it's encroaching upon quid pro quo. Like if I if I don't do it, will they um, retaliate against me? And that's what will we're I seeing. Get less favorable job assignments. Uh-huh. Will I be transferred to another unit? Will I never be considered for promotion? And so women have had to deal with that for years and years and years and still hit the glass ceiling, you know. But we're seeing changes. So in those kinds of scenarios, do you can you prove that? Like if your boss says, if my boss says, you know, I, you know, I like you, I want to take you out, let's go have dinner, and I say no. And then the next thing I start noticing you know, I'm not invited to the meetings or right. I'm I'm left off memos and all this other kind of stuff. Do I make a case? Like, what do you I do? You can make a case. It takes a while to build it up. Oftentimes, there are others who are witness to this behavior. Okay. And what we generally do is a comparison. You know, you're in one situation. Another person is in a similarly situated uh, experience, and they're not receiving the same treatment that you're receiving. And, and you go back to the date of when the first incident occurred. Prior to that incident, everything was copacetic. And then on November 8th, everything changed. What happened on November 8th to make everything change? On November 8th, your boss asked you out. You declined the invitation. And from then on, you stopped being invited into meetings and things. And so you have to kind of take a notebook and keep a journal of events. You know, maybe your uh, performance evaluation wasn't as stellar as it was the year before. However, you've done just as much work or more, um, but you have to be able to prove your worth. You know, are you still providing uh, optimum job performance versus uh, just lip service? Now, now, Tanya, do you think um, people are, I I don't get the sense that women are willing to sort of come forward. I think they I think women internalize this and they just think if I do something different, this situation will be different. They do. And most times I think women are thinking about themselves. They just want to be removed from the situation. Whatever Mm -hmm. I have to do to remove myself from this situation right now. I think back to when I was a teenager and I was in a situation where I was babysitting for a an elder couple who was raising their grandchild. And I became very um, enamored with this couple. I loved them dearly. And the gentleman had a large volume of music. And I loved to go with my old cassette tapes and make, you know, cassette <laughs> make you some mixtapes. Make me some mixtapes. <laughs> And uh, one night he's taking me home and he reaches out and gropes me. And I'm like shocked because this is somebody I love dearly. I trusted. And not only is it a violation of me and my person, but it's a violation of of that trust Mm -hmm. in that person. And so you're humiliated, you're angry, you're hurt, and you just want to remove yourself from the situation. And You're often contemplating, you know, how am I going to disrupt my life and their life? You know, there's so many more people involved than just the two, the two parties. Yes. You know, and so I never said anything until much later. And then I shared it with a girlfriend of mine after we were adults. And she had had the same identical situation happen to her with the same perpetrator the year before. She had never shared it. 
And so the danger in not sharing is that the the um, the actions continue. Yeah. And then there are new victims. Yeah. So, you know, it's sad when you don't share it. But I understand why people don't. I understand why people don't. And I think this is why. um, And everybody's like looking at Hollywood like. Uh, w- one or two things. One, it's Hollywood, so it's an isolated kind of thing. No, right. it's not. It's not. Um, two, they get what they get because everybody knows that that business is full of whatever. But that's normalizing the bad behavior. People become so accustomed to it that the perpetrators become more and more emboldened, and and they'll go after anybody. If someone like a Terry Crews can yeah. be assaulted not only in the presence of his wife, but in front of his wife. Mm-hmm. Imagine how powerful the person that did it to him must have felt to be able to do that in front of yeah. someone. And he, t- and, uh, uh, and he talks about it. And, and you know what? I was listening to him and I thought, now he could have just went crazy and whooped somebody's butt, but he would have been locked. He would have been locked out of everything. And he would have been in jail. And he would have <laughs> been in jail. And people don't believe you. Yes. People tend to think, oh, you're over exaggerating or you too, you're too sensitive. You misinterpreted that it didn't happen the way you thought it happened, you know. And so people just shy away because then you become trying to defend yourself mm-hmm. as opposed to um, outing the person who has done something. to you. If you just tuned in, I'm Babs Rawls-Ivy. This is Love Babs Love Talk. And I have in the studio today um, Tanya Poole Hughes, Executive Director of the Commission on Human Rights and Opportunities. And we are talking about um, sexual harassment and, um, and, and what that means and, and reporting it. And, and it's, it's weighing on both sides, men and women. This happens in the workplace. Um, and in light of all these uh, allegations that are coming out on some high-level people, uh, everybody's starting to talk about this. Right. And, and I, think it's a, I think it's good. I think... For a long time, you would hear maybe um, some woman in a hotel room or the maid or somebody was assaulted or whatever, but then it gets brushed away. Right. But this is high level, high level, you know, visible kind of stuff. And here's the thing that's shocking to me. Well, not shocking to me because I was a kid that was trafficked and, and lots of people had to be involved in order for that to happen. Exactly. Like it didn't like my father didn't just like I'm going to just do this by myself. He had a whole network of people mm-hmm. and 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 people who and knew us acceptable. and it was acceptable so um so when i see all these women come forward talking about um um you know and some of these women were quite young, young. 17 16 years old you know they weren't even women they were just girls they were children um and talking about how um he would corner them and all this other kind of stuff and they didn't know what to do and they didn't know who to tell who to tell or who to run to or who to run to right. You know, and if they ran to the wrong person, the wrong person would say, well, just like you said, eh, it's no big deal. I think you might be over exaggerating. You know, think about the bigger picture. You have a career. They just don't want to get involved. They may know just how horrible it is and they just don't want to get involved because it's that messy and because it's that ugly. So do you think um, do you think this moment that we're having will raise the awareness around believing people? I do. I do. I think it it adds credibility. The more people that come out, the more often you see it, just like it was normalized to brush it under the rug, it'll become normalized to not accept 
this type of behavior in the workplace or anywhere. Mm -hmm. Because it not only happens, as you know, in the workplace, but out in the malls. I've had my daughters approached by people in the mall and my youngest was out with my husband Mm -hmm. who's 6'4". Yes. So people are just bold. People will do the dirtiest of things to the most innocent of people. Unfortunately, I was going to ask you um, for as long as you've been doing this work, um, have you been surprised at the level of evil and depravity and just carelessness in the area of sexual harassment? I had one case in Bridgeport years ago, early in my stages of investigation, my, um, career of investigations where there was a woman who was actually raped at work. She was being raped on a constant basis. Oh my gosh. By her supervisor. And I'm, I had to tell her what's happening to you is criminal. This is beyond sexual harassment. You need to call the police because it is that egregious. The things that were going on at her place of work. Oh, my gosh. And she felt trapped because she needed the job. Yeah, well, you need your job. You need your it's job. Not e- People are like, why don't you just quit? But if you've got responsibilities and you you've got you just can't walk in there and quit. You. Exactly. You've got to interview and do all the things that you need to do to get a job. Exactly. You know, so and I'm not suggesting that people shouldn't quit because right. you, you know what your threshold is. But it's tough. And some people don't have people in their lives to guide them and tell them to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Some people have been just left out there on their own. And so they don't know where to turn. They don't know that there are resources out there for people. Um, They don't know that a CHRO exists or that there are other organizations that they can go to that will help them. Mm -hmm. So when people call you or, or, or connect with you, um, and make a complaint or whatever, what, what's the steps? So they can um, access us in a a number of different ways. They can go to our website at www.ct.gov slash CHRO. And there it will walk you through all the different regional offices. We have four regional offices. You can either call the office. You can go walk into the office and file a complaint. We generally will take information from you over the phone Mm -hmm. and um, you have 180 days from the date of the incident to file a complaint with us. We'll sit down with an intake officer who will go through um, your experiences with you and help you draft a complaint. And then we will serve it on the respondent. The respondent will have an opportunity to respond. And then the process begins. Um, We have mandatory mediation. So oftentimes we'll try to resolve it before it gets drawn out because we believe that justice delayed is justice denied. And so if we're able to bring the parties around the table and uh, flesh out what's going on in the situation, oftentimes we're able to come to some kind of settlement uh, agreement that may provide monetary awards as well as it may provide uh, new policies at the place of business because we want to make certain that the complainants are made whole Mm -hmm. and that um, they're recovering for whatever injury they've received, whether it's loss of pay or any other type of damages. And then that, 
steps have been put into place to prevent what has happened from occurring again in mm-hmm. the future. And so that's our ultimate goal. Now, um, Tanya, do you think that um, that we that because I, I hear people say um, they think that we are being we're making too much of human relationships between men and women or mm-hmm. people and that sometimes um, some of this is um, being made more of than what it should be. You always will have a few people who will jump on the bandwagon, but I believe that where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. And people aren't usually quick to make, you know, uh, a fake complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that especially with African-Americans and Hispanic people and people of color, they're very hesitant to bring complaints forward. They're very hesitant to be viewed as the victim. Mm -hmm. They're very hesitant to say, I believe it was due to my race or I believe it was due to my sex. So if they ever come forward, it's usually a valid complaint. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. And I, you know, you understand that. I do understand that. Some of the, the most egregious complaints we've had, people will come in and they'll say, this is going on. It's been going on for years, but I don't want to say anything. Why, if you aren't willing to make that complaint, I can't correct the situation for you. You have to help me help you. You have to first make the complaint and then we do the investigation. Mm -hmm. And that's oftentimes they're like, well, I can't prove it. It's not for you to prove it. We'll, we'll get the information. We can subpoena witnesses. We can secure documents. We can call witnesses in to testify. So don't you worry about proving it. Just make the allegation and file a complaint and we'll do our part. That's pretty, that's, and I think, you know what, just saying that um, lifts a great deal of burden because I think people think that they have to carry the burden. They really do. Of trying to prove that this is happening to them. Exactly. That's pretty good. They do have a burden of documenting and speaking up, you know, at least say this is not acceptable to me and I want you to stop. You have to let people know that you're not accepting what they're trying to do to you. That's the first step. And then when they don't do it, complain in-house. And then when nothing is done in-house, then you come to us. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to be in that order. We can be the first step if you don't feel that you're in a safe workplace where you can go to HR or where you can go to your supervisor and, and let them know what's going on. If you think that your supervisor is implicit, by all means, come to CHRO, and we can file a complaint against not only the company, but also name the supervisor individually as uh, aiding and abetting in the discrimination. So as I think about this whole Hollywood thing, I think of Hollywood as a workplace. Correct. Like, I don't it think is. of it as some other kind of, I think of it as a workplace it and is. that people have the right to pursue their jobs. Absolutely. Whether it's, whether it's in front of, of the, yes. Discrimination and intimidation. So uh, I will say this though, Tanya, <laughs> I was quite stunned at the levels that um, Harvey Weinstein went to. To cover it up. To cover it up. I mean, hiring and people. Of money and that money that was spent and the people involved. It shows you just how prevalent it is in this society because people went along with it yeah 
there were a lot of people implicit in his behavior. He couldn't do it to that level all by himself. No, he couldn't. Everyone knew that he was taking meetings in his hotel rooms. And no one Believe said, me, they don't knew do that. what was going on. Yeah. People knew what was yeah. going on. I think a lot more is going to come out of this than we know. M- many, many more heads will fall. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think about the Cosby thing? Because people had some felt some kind of way. People still are in denial about Bill Cosby, especially of a certain age group, Mm -hmm. because people have put him on a pedestal. I always believed the allegations when I heard them because I know how power works. And many people don't handle power well. You know, it, it can be at Dunkin' Donuts as soon as you get to be manager now all of a sudden you want to rule everybody yeah (laughs) so some people don't handle power well you know um and so i just think that someone that started out great excellent comedian wonderful actor brilliant man philanthropic philanthropic what what is the word philanthropic yes he and his wife, you know, all the money that they've donated. I, I'm a Spelman alum. There's still a building named after his wife. They took Bill's name off of the building. Mm-hmm. But um, I believed the women when they said that was happening to him because I know what it's like to entrust someone and then for them to betray you. Yeah. And and it it's hurtful. It's very hurtful because they're... They probably felt like this was their uncle, another father yeah. figure. You yeah, know? yeah, and, and so, they walked into and, those and meetings and arrangements with that thought in with their that mind. Thought in their mind that you have my best interests at heart. Some of these people, their parents set them up. Oh, I know. They set them up for oh, these meetings. Some yes. of their parents knew what was going on and, and turned their back to it because they felt like it was going to propel their child you know, to, to fame and oh, stardom, boy, but at oh what cost? Yeah. At what cost? Yeah. You know. But, we, you know, Hollywood and, and celebrity is no stranger. I mean, we could go all the way back to Mike Tyson. Exactly. And and how people felt some kind of way about that. How dare that young woman go to that hotel room at whatever time it was. And, you know, that whole El Kobe Bryant in the hotel room with, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the staff. and uh, And she was entitled to do that. And yeah. still say no. Yeah. That's the part that people don't understand. They think you're complicit if you walk into the room. You, it doesn't matter the room. You can change your mind midstream. Yeah. And still say no. And it should be honored. <sighs> this is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and and people are getting a real education about what sexual harassment is. Um, and what. So do you think... Um, the way that we interact with each other in love relationships and dating, does that sort of change shift us too? Do you think we shift because, you know, it's not that far leap from dating and interest and, you know, where, where, whether it's in the workplace or on the street or whatever, I think we're starting to see uh, understanding and respecting some kind of rules around how we engage each other. True. And I don't know, I have mixed emotions, you know, raising young people in this day and age. It seems like the dating rules have changed completely. I think you're right. <laughs> I don't even know how to comment on it. You know, when you turn on the TV and you see the love and hip hop and all of that stuff, I don't consider 
their dating rules to be the same rules that I try to instill in my daughters. Right. You know, um, about honor and respect and, you know, lifting each other up. <laughs> I don't I, I, I just don't see that. Um, and so it does overlap into our work environment. You know, where is the respect? Where's yes. the honor? Where's the dignity? You have to conduct yourself first with honor and dignity and demand that from people at all times. Wow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So where do you think we're headed? Where do you think we're headed with it? Like, okay, what's the dream for you in terms of all of this mess that, you know, we're seeing played out? Like, what would be, where would you want us to end up at the end of this? I would hope that at some point everyone would just take a, a two-second break and monitor themselves on their conduct and their comments, especially in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I think if people just take a pause, sometimes you won't have the comments coming out of your mouth about lotion and things <laughs> like that. You know, people really need to conduct themselves at work in a professional way and and not be so loose with the lips, as my husband would say, <laughs> you know, um, I think if people just pause, they would they would second guess some of the things that they do and say. And I think it will change the whole environment. Um, people don't need to be so comfortable. You come to work to do a job. I think that it's a bonus when you become friends with your colleagues but it shouldn't be an expectation that you go to work to make friends. You go oh, to work to do a job. That's pretty powerful. And I, I, there is something to that. Cause I, and I think you alluded to it earlier. You know, if you try to conduct yourself with just being about business, you can be friendly. You can maybe, be friendly. And maybe you don't want to hang out. You don't want to, exactly. you know, you don't want to go to each other's houses and all this other kind of stuff. You know, but it's good to be friendly and share stories about your children or if you want to go out and have a cocktail, fine. But sometimes people just cross the line. Yeah. And so um, I had a colleague. Uh, we did a leadership conference at Manchester Community College a couple of months ago, and they were saying, well, how do you open the doors to get people to, you know, um, welcome you into their circle and and be allowed to network and, and grow within your profession. And the one gentleman says, well, I like to compliment people. Um, I'll tell them I like your outfit or that's a nice suit you have on. And I said, well, I think that starts to cross the line. If you're going to compliment someone, especially in the work environment, why don't you compliment them on the project they just completed? You know, that was some great work you did on that project, Babs. I'd like to know how you came to that conclusion that's a compliment yeah. but don't tell me oh that's a nice necklace you have on as you look me up and down that's not a compliment <laughs> because that could me. make people very uncomfortable yes and so you know oftentimes what we think is acceptable behavior may not be so acceptable that's a good point tanya that's a very good point that what we think is a compliment may not be a compliment to somebody. Exactly. You know. And so I think businesses need to take a proactive step and start doing the proper training, doing the diversity training, doing the implicit bias training, doing, you know, cuz I the think cultural this is, Do you think businesses training. think that people show up already knowing the right thing to do? Do you do you get I that think sense? They do. I think they do. And 
the workforce is so vast now. People are working a lot longer than they used to. So you have people in the workforce in their late 70s, and then you have people entering the workforce in their early 20s. It's hard to expect the same thing from a 22-year-old than that you would from a 75-year-old. You know, and if the 75-year-old is assuming that this person is equipped with these skills, social skills, to maneuver through the workplace, that's kind of setting them up for failure. So we do need to equip them with constant training, and not just for the new ones, but for the older ones who came in maybe during a Mad Men era where people were drinking (laughs) on the job and smoking on the job. That was a totally different era. Yeah. So it's Whoa. it's hard to retrain folks who have been accustomed to doing business yeah. this way for yeah. a long Can you imagine? Time. Can you imagine? <sighs> I for, you know, I forgot all about that. But mean, that was a real time. That was a real people I was watching a movie just <laughs> last week and they were smoking on the plane in the 80s. Can you believe that? <laughs> they were still smoking cigarettes on a plane in the 80s. You can't smoke anywhere. You can't smoke anywhere. Right. Yeah. And people had a uh, whole bars in their offices. <laughs> exactly. What? So, and now we think about that. Now it would be if we saw that. Now we would be outraged. We would We'd be, be like, outraged. what? <laughs> I'm but, not coming um, in here to drink. Exactly. You but know. you still see the sexual harassment presented in all of our shows. I look at Queen Sugar. Uh, just this week, you had the owner of the sugar mill who's uh, being approached by one of the other mill owners. Yes. Uh, and he's like, well, what do you have to drink? And she offers him some water. And he was like, I wanted something heavier than that. And, you know, now I want to take you out, you know. So now she's on guard yeah. because she's trying to focus on her business and he's trying to take it to another level. Yes. And and this is a good example of, what does she do? What does she do? Because she's got a lot at stake. She's got a lot at stake. And she can't go and... And just brush him off. Yeah. And she can't run and tell people he made advances or whatever. I mean, she could, but... It'll kill her professionally. Yeah. And then she has to be careful about not damaging his ego. Yes, because she needs his help. She needs his help. So you got to let them <sighs> down easily. I always say give people an out. Give them an out. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think that's what she did. She let him know, well, I'm seeing someone that I'm very interested in. And yeah. So it's not you. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but he came back with. But he came back with. So soon so, after you were. Exactly. You know, exactly. I was like, whoa. How dare you? Right. <laughs> A little judgmental, aren't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> it, cert- it would have suited your needs yes. so soon. Yes. Yes. But that's a good dynamic to pay attention to it is. Um, because there's so much from that show that I enjoy. Right. But that really is that whole she's trying to build something. She's a woman of color in a field there where there are no women of color. Right. And she's smart and she's sophisticated and she's got to play by a set of rules that are not hers. Exactly. Another example, the quad. Oh, yes. We just saw Nikki Nani Rose last week. Yes, at the at the Lynx Gala. And I enjoyed uh, the dynamics in her role as president of this black institution where they recruited her to come in as this powerful, dynamic woman. But now that she's 
in that role and she's making changes. Now they want to cut her off yeah. <laughs> at the knee. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm like, well, this is what you hired That's her to do. That's what you hired her to and do. And now she's doing it. Right. And it's interesting. It's itch- very and interesting. And would they have done that if, if it was a man? Oh, he would have still been, they would have been behind him. They would have been behind him. I tell you what else I find interesting, that dynamic between student, teacher. Although she's not his teacher, but he is a student, but he's a grad student. Right. But there's still that dynamic of power. It right? is. And I'm not comfortable with that Oh, one. and yeah. he seems to be a little intense, intense, too. Yeah, I don't see that going well. Yeah, I don't see it going well. <laughs> because if it comes to the light of day, she's going to look bad. No matter what. No matter what. Even though he's a grown man. He's a grown man. But how did you allow yourself to get into that situation? Oh, Lord. Because there's so many things at play by the virtue of the fact that she's a married woman. Yeah. With a daughter his age, basically. Yeah. You know, or a little younger. A little, little younger. Because he's a grad student. Right. And that, I think that was the thing that ruined the marriage. Like the husband found out about that. That affair, that affair, right? Correct. Oh, her school found her out. Her school found and out. And that's she how lost she lost her job. Her job correct. You know. Oh, so here she goes here bringing she this. Goes. And now her daughter is subjected to sexual harassment yes. and assault. Well, on he was, she was assaulted. Assaulted. By someone that she knew. That she knew and trusted. Yes. Oh, these are real life things. Real life things. So, uh, do you train? universities and people and we do you do we train anybody that sends us an email or calls us on the phone and says we need you we will come and we will tailor the training to whatever your needs are because schools universities and colleges seem to get this wrong they do they Maybe seem to we get need it wrong. To do an approach and reach out to them yeah because they, they wait for them to call i've not seen a training. school yet do well with with the issue. With the issue of harassment or sexual harassment. Regardless. I mean, look at this whole thing in West Hartford. And, and the university seemed the like they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> that was really sad. You know? I'm yeah. like, how, this girl, this girl pretty much told everybody on Instagram what she was doing to this girl. Like, she just laid it out there. And but for that one person who had a conscience, it may have never been revealed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she actually had this child who was going to the clinic on a regular basis. Because she was sick. sick. What if she would have died? haunted me. Oh, it's still haunting me. Oh, my goodness. And the university was just like, I don't, you know, I really don't think they know what to do with this. What to do with this situation. But would they have known if the situation was reversed? Oh, they would have tried to hang this girl on the quad. (laughs) They would have dragged this girl out of school if if it was reversed. It's the most disgusting situation I've ever heard of I've, in my I've, life. And I'm sure there's Who more out there. could even think of I, the things that she was thinking to do? What kind of human being does that? And I hope she's shamed. She should be shamed. But I, I hope don't her think parents she are is. shamed. I hope her I hope, boyfriend is shamed. I hope everyone is ashamed. I hope everyone is. And I hope she can't get in another school. I don't think she will. I hope she can't. Seriously. And I, you know... Everybody, be- I believe in everybody having a second chance, but that girl has to go and do some some hard work on herself. Absolutely, to figure out where she went wrong. She's not fit to be amongst <laughs> other students. That's no, for sure, she's not fit. So, so I think about that, and then I pay attention to these. Um, we got we got two minutes. Okay, 
I pay attention to these 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 schools. And you know, I used to run rape crises 30 years ago. And uh and I still I'm still baffled that we're still standing in this place of trying to define rape and harassment exactly. and and all these kinds of things. So, I don't know. And unwanted touching, unwanted approaches, anything unwanted should be honored and respected. Yeah. You know, and that's just the bottom line. Well, thank you, Tanya Poole Hughes, for coming today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this was me. such a good conversation. Always. A necessary conversation. Yes. You have to come back so we can talk again about all these kinds of matters. Because I'm sure in the days ahead, yes. there'll be more. Oh, there will be more. There'll be more. There'll so be let's more. keep the conversation going. <laughs> Harry, do we have some music to play out? <laughs> do we have anything <laughs> you want me to do? Oh, this one? Because we got to get out of here. Oh, you know what, Harry? We'll just, I'm just going to go. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. <laughs>